0: You're listening to Flipping Tables on Sunrise Robot. Find out how you can support us at sunriserobot.net slash support. Hey, welcome to Flipping Tables episode 74. I'm one of your hosts, David Lyons.
1: And I'm your other host, Michael Edwards.
0: And, uh, you know, I had in the rundown, Mike, that I wanted to talk to you about my thoughts on the Pebble. And I just, I I think, I honestly think I said all there is. Like, it's a good device. It's not for me. I'm happy with my 360. The battery's a full day. I'm I'm fully into, like, this is now just a part of my workflow mode. Uh, The only thing that bugs me about it is the screen does wake up if you tap it. And I do have a -a one-and-a-half-year-old. Ooh, Yeah, so there's like a baby time app, which is really smart. What it does is it basically makes you like swipe the Konami code to <laughs> unlock it. Otherwise, it just says like child like tapping detected and it doesn't do anything. <laughs> the problem is the screen is on as long as that app is running. So it kind of murders your battery pretty brutally. So now when it's bedtime and I'm playing with Emily, I just take the watch off and put it away. And then I go back to it later.
1: (laughs) It's just waiting there for you.
0: Yeah, it's just time to disconnect. I don't need to get, you know, email notifications while I'm playing with her anyway. So it's fine. I just, it's fine.
1: Yeah any emergency would probably be related to the baby which you would be with <laughs> yes, so. exactly
0: yeah for that that hour that we're doing dinner and bedtime it's uh everything i need is it's the whole family's right there so whatever the pebbles dead to me but it's not because <laughs> it's a bad device so anyway <laughs> what i really want to do is gush on arkham a little more
1: yeah batman Let's bring yeah. it
0: uh it's so so i beat arkham asylum um I don't wanna say I was underwhelmed by the final fight.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a little weird at the end.
0: <laughs> it's 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 unexpected. It's been six
1: years, you can say what happened.
0: Well, so Joker, like, you know, has a, a Titan formula taco and he turns Bane
1: juice. Yeah,
0: and he turns into <laughs> mecha Joker with a big mohawk and and you you fight him, but you don't really fight him because it would be stupid to see Batman defeat like this giant monster because Batman's <laughs> not that kind of superhero. So he gets taken down by his hubris. And it's like, it's weird. But the thing that made it kind of underwhelming for me was I've been playing like in bursts, you know, I'm a parent I have a full time job. Yeah. So I game when I have time. And I didn't realize how close to the end I was the last time I saved. <laughs> so I sat down and it was basically like boss fight credits. I was like, oh I didn't know <laughs> I Ready was. Ready for like- some
1: gaming tonight? Oh, it's over. <laughs> yeah,
0: it was very like surprising. And it made sense. <laughs> like as soon as I was entering the room like where the boss fight starts, I was like, oh, I'm like at the end of the game. This is This is happening.
1: So now you have the benefit of there's two, three, if you're including the other developers game, Batman games you can immediately run to for your next fix. But can you imagine right now, if you didn't have those other Batman games, would you be like, man, a new game plus would be really nice right now?
0: Uh, If I didn't have those other games to run to, I would probably be looking at Riddler trophies and... That's true. You know, finding all the Arkham... Beatles stone. The, the world of
1: Asylum is actually surprisingly empty after you've played through a bunch of it. Like, they don't respawn everything every time you go back to it, which is nice when you're trying to beat the story. But when you don't have a new game plus, you're like, there's <laughs> nothing
0: here. Well, and I did start... So, I also have Arkham City Game of the Year edition because Steam is awesome. So... I pretty much immediately started into that, um, mainly because I wanted to see how well it would perform. You know, it's got better graphics, and it's like an open world, and I wanted to make sure it would play okay on my hardware. And I had to turn the the detail level down a little bit, but it, it plays great. It still looks fine. And um, I've been playing it for, I don't know, two or three hours so far, and uh, I'm a little worried how long it's going to take me to beat because I was, like, on my way to, like, Deal with the penguin, and then my little like radio thing turned on, and it was like, Oh, there's something going on over there, and I just totally like. (laughs) <laughs> stereotypical like five year old with you know the attention span of a teensy fly just ran off in this other direction and like did a
1: bunch of stupid bullshit. So, there's a good meme going around for the new Arkham game where like this fireman who you just rescued is like, My friends, there's five of them, they need help or they're gonna die. And then the next picture is just Batman says, Sorry, I have augmented reality missions I have
0: to do. It's <laughs> <laughs> exactly what it's like. like. (laughs) it's just... And it's weird, because it's you will save someone, and they're like, oh, there's another political prisoner that's being beaten up in another part of the Arkham City complex, and then I'm on my way to, like, save someone's life, because the villains routinely kill people. (laughs) Like, they show them killing people. So I'm on my way to save a human life, and then it's like, oh, I can practice flying and using the Batarang (laughs) to solve this Riddler puzzle, and you just... It, it takes me a tiny bit out of the Batman um, <laughs> like role play. Like, I don't feel like Batman would do that, and yet there he is doing it. Um, at the same time, uh, the fighting, because I, I know I talked about the fighting in Arkham Asylum and how good it was, and in Arkham City, it's even better. But <laughs> when it breaks, it breaks <laughs> so spectacularly, it's actually kind of worth it. So, I don't know if he does this in Arkham Knight, but do you remember in Arkham City, one of the takedowns, like, you know, to permanently knock a guy out, you would, like, jump and, like, knee them in the stomach and then, like, punch them in the face super hard? Yeah. Okay, well, sometimes uh, the the Y-axis or the X-axis gets a little, like, off and you end up rotated the <laughs> wrong way and instead <laughs> you knee them in the chest and sit on their face (laughs) and then you punch them in the (laughs) crotch. Which I have to say, even though it looks kind of silly, I got to believe that that would still work if you need, you know, because Batman's got away like 220, right? Like he's a big dude. And if you jumped onto a guy's ribs with all your force and then (laughs) smothered their face with your bat underwear and then punched them in the dick... Like, that would probably knock you out,
1: right? <laughs> <laughs> I think that'd be enough yeah. in, in combination. Yeah. Well, the one of the first things you do in Arkham Knight is you have to, like, beat a guy up and then interrogate him, which happens in some of the other Batman games, too. But, like, it to show off their new, like, in-game, all the cinematics are game engine now, it, uh like, s- like seamlessly switches from you were beating him up to now you're interrogating him and it's all cinematic. Well, the first time I did this um we ended up inside a tree <laughs> halfway and so like i still see batman's face like super menacing but then like th- the stupidest glitchiest location possible and it just took all the intensity out of the scene cuz i was like but we're in a tree
0: <laughs> well and i i do think this is kind of the hallmark of a truly good game where you're just like able to laugh it off i mean with like fallout and and skyrim and like the other uh elder scrolls games <laughs> like, like some crazy shit would happen but then you would just be like eh it's fine
1: or it'd be like and then your game was erased and <laughs> you're like "Wait, <laughs> well yeah
0: that that part <laughs> was not fine that i think only once i had uh fallout just give me like a big middle finger and be like nah you could start over <laughs> <laughs> Fortunately, it was only like a few hours in because that is a long game. Anyway, is so I assume you've put a few more hours into Arkham Knight. Is it still good?
1: Yeah, it's still great. Um, a lot of Batmobile, which is it's great, but if you hate it immediately, you're in for a lot of Batmobile.
0: Well, at least at least they you know front load that like, hey, this is the Batmobile. Uh, decide how you feel about it yeah. right now because there's more coming.
1: Though I think it's kind of like uh, the the wall jump in uh, Titanfall, or like the some of the, some of the Assassin's Creed climbing stuff, where like the way they did the Batmobile, I expect other games to rip off now. Like basically, you hold R L two and you turn into a tank, and then <laughs> <laughs> your left joystick instead of like driving like a car, where it's forward, back, and kind of like relatively annoying to handle um in tank mode the left joystick you can move in any direction and it's like very responsive and easy to to move around and strafe and stuff you can strafe in the tank yeah because it basically like it rises up onto i don't know ball bearings or whatever (laughs) like you can roll in any direction instead of just like normal car tires
0: man that batmobile just got it all going on (laughs)
1: at least they're they're working into the story kind of how insane batman is becoming like not only maybe he's actually losing his mind but his investment in worse and worse and more insane military technology is like yeah maybe this whole vigilante thing is a little little much
0: well that was kind of the whole moral of the the christopher nolan movies right like Yeah, maybe one asshole in a costume is not the best way to solve real socioeconomic problems for a major metropolitan area.
1: That tweet I retweeted once a few weeks ago was like, hey, Alfred... How can I solve crime? Well, you could invest in education and and like eradicate. No, give me a suit. Yeah, I need a cape.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's I mean, it, obviously like if you can't suspend disbelief superhero comics are not for you, but yeah. the I feel like the grittier, more realistic Batman that takes a look at like, you know, these poor starving children and the effects that crime has on the city, like it makes it harder to ignore the ridiculousness of Batman.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: But anyway, um, I found an app called Acorns that uh, tries to invest your money and make you rich like Bruce Wayne. But here's the thing. Um, It's like a spare change investment thing. So uh, long-time listeners may remember... (laughs) (laughs) Wrong-time
1: listener. Yeah, so
0: uh, racist, old-fashioned Chinese stereotype voice may remember that we talked about... um, investment apps and like how investing isn't fun and how it's way easier to spend money and waste money than it is to save money, (laughs) right? So this, the whole point is it takes your spare change when you make a purchase and it invests it into stocks. Now, first off, before we talk about anything else, I need to tell you that I found this app from an ad in my Twitter stream. (laughs)
1: So I feel like this is a thing, because there's been other apps that are... It's all spare change-oriented. It's like, that extra cent you don't care about. Save it.
0: Yeah, I mean, maybe they just figure that's the kind of message that would work on a, a Twitter user.
1: On a millennial. Yeah.
0: But I mean, I, I'm I'm a little, <laughs> like, irritated with myself that I actually acknowledged an ad long enough to recognize whether or not it would be worthwhile, and then found it to be worthwhile. Like, this is... I don't know. I don't. I'm. I don't recognize myself. But I mean, did you look at this? I well, I know you did because you you noticed they have an Apple Watch app, (laughs) or it extends to the Apple Watch, I guess.
1: Yeah, it'll show you. Of course, their example screenshot has the money skyrocketing up.
0: Well, and this is. I'm glad you said that because my. My my gut reaction when I saw this was like oh it puts your change into a savings account that's smart oh no wait it invested in stocks this is a huge waste because i don't know a lot about the stock market but i do know that the people who become millionaires did not start investing nickels and dimes Right, I mean, it's like stocks are very much compared to gambling for a reason. You cannot win the jackpot on a, a penny machine by only betting a penny at a time. You have to bet like a dollar at a time. You know, the whatever the maximum bet yeah. is, that's literally the only way you can win the jackpot. And I don't mean mathematically. I mean, the machine literally will not pay out the jackpot on anything less than the maximum bet. And stocks are kind of the same way. <laughs>
1: Yeah, penny slots are I want to watch animations for a long time. Yeah, you're
0: just paying for the entertainment, you know. What I mean, that's when I gamble, that's how I usually gamble. It's like this is the $30 I'm willing to lose to entertain myself. You know, I'm I'm not trying yeah. to walk away rich, but I feel like this is a good idea. So you buy something from your phone, you know, the app is attached to your bank accounts, it invests the change, you can quickly look at how your money's doing, but I feel like if it performs really poorly, then that would make someone be bogged down on the idea of savings, which is bad because savings is a good thing. <laughs> but investing in stocks is like, uh eh, I don't know. What do you yeah. think about this?
1: I mean, I, I'm interested in ways to kind of vacuum up the money in a way I won't notice and store it up for myself is like that $20 you find in your coat later, like to, to automate that sounds like a great idea. Um I don't know that I would want to like join an entire new ecosystem for that I'd rather just be like a feature of my bank.
0: Well yeah, like the that Bank of America keep the change thing, which I mean this this is obviously modeled after a similar idea and I'm not saying Bank of America came up with the idea of the change jar, but you know the, this <laughs> feels like when all the money's digital moving digital change into a digital change jar should be a really trivial thing.
1: <laughs> yeah. I
0: don't know. I just I feel like stocks is not the way to do this. Like make stock investing safer and easier and simpler for the average person, that's fine. I don't think it's a good candidate for like oh, you bought something that was 275. I'm going to invest that 25 <laughs> cents in Microsoft. Like it's just <laughs>
1: That four cents I had left over from lunch made me a millionaire. Yeah, I just
0: – I don't know. I, I feel like when people think about stocks, they're thinking about like a return on investment, whereas with a savings account, you're just thinking about putting your own money aside to use in the future. So it's like one yeah. is you're, you have expectations about returns, and the other one is you're changing your fundamental behavior. So that's why it's like it seems like they're conflating those two missions together – but they have a watch app. Yeah, I'll probably.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> sold, installing right now.
0: And there is, I actually put the link to this in the show notes, so if anybody wants to tell me if it worked for them and made them a millionaire, that would be fine.
1: You can invest in us.
0: <laughs> that's absolutely right. <laughs> so I have not played with Apple Music yet, although I did get to suffer my corneas against the god-awful iTunes logo change Um, so as far as i'm concerned apple music is a catastrophic failure because my first exposure to the new itunes was like terrible
1: (laughs) you don't like these like weird pastel gradients that they've been embracing lately
0: i really don't (laughs) see myself coming around on that either so anyway you've actually Uh, played with apple music so tell me about it
1: yeah, so I, I have I have a bone to pick with Apple Music. And uh, I just want to get right out of the way that um, at a basic level, yeah, you can find songs and albums and artists, and you can press play and listen to them. And you can even collect that into playlists. So it's like before anyone's like, well, it, it works for me. This is all I do. Like, yeah, it's fine. Like, you can play songs. Um, but, man, this interface is just... It's just like a bucket of everything, and please don't remove anything from this bucket because we want all of it. So I'm I'm just gonna go to the play song page, um, for one of these things to look at and count. And I count twelve different buttons when you're looking at a song that's playing. Well, okay, and so I just find play, that- <laughs>
0: pause. That's one button. Forward and back.
1: Yeah, those yeah, two so more buttons. Where are the other, other nine
0: coming from? <laughs>
1: Up next, and then either a heart or a star, which I'll get to briefly. Then you have a slider for volume. Next to that, you have the airplay button. Then you have share, shuffle, repeat, and then a shish kebab menu full of an additional six buttons. Oh, man. And then... If a song is in your library, tapping the title of a song will let you access star ratings. If it's not in your library, which I'll get to that insanity, um, then tapping does nothing on the title. Um, And then in the very top left, you can hide the currently playing song so you can keep browsing. So I don't know if it's conveyed fully in the audio version of this, but it's just a messy, busy interface. And there's like there's little kebab menus everywhere. If you're looking at an album, every single thing has like several actions that can be taken on it. And sometimes it's like, oh, do I want to add this to something else? Do I want to... Like, oh, if I want to download something so I can listen to it later, well first I have to add it to my library. And so there's this weird thing is like one of the things Spotify gets away with or not gets away with, it it just does is it says just embrace the fact that everything is on our network and you can stream it and that's the library. Spotify is the library. And yeah, there's a way to like bring your own music into Spotify, but no one does it and you shouldn't do it, and it's a dumb <laughs> way to live. Well, Apple Music is a little more committed to trying to marry the idea that you have your own music, and there's this giant service with 30 million songs that has everything and it's like very committed to letting you mix those things and therefore the interface has all these extra buttons and all these extra concepts like add to my library and then separate from that is make available offline it's like so it's in my library but i can't play it offline like why are these two steps and i don't know, i just find the app like needlessly complex and and metaphorically mixed and uh, it's just bloated and it's frustrating. And yeah, if I just want to hear a certain song, it's pretty simple. But anytime you want to dive deeper and start setting some things up for yourself, it's like, no, just surrender. Like, just let it suggest things to you, because if you want to control it, it's it's just insane.
0: So um, all of this incredibly positive feedback is actually making me update <laughs> my iPad right now, because I feel like I need to see this firsthand Um, but I have to say the idea of mixing, um, local music or local, your like library songs you own and a streaming service is something that Google music already does. And I think actually does pretty well. Like I've never had a hard time telling the difference between stuff that's in my library and not because it all looks the same. Like it's just all music. I hit play. The music starts playing. It's not a real complicated arrangement. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, most of it comes down to when you want to pin something for offline use. It's just needlessly multiple steps. Like I should be able, to, like if I'm in Apple Music, their library, and I find an album I like, it shouldn't make me go to multiple places to make sure I can stream that when I'm at, when I'm like in airplane mode on the plane. Um, I have to add it to my library, then I have to go into my library and say, "Hey, make this available offline." And that just seems kind of excessive to me. Yeah, I'll agree. Uh, Google Music is, is pretty good about this um, if you live in the U.S. or a few other special countries. Um, so with Apple Music, so another thing that kind of bothers me is uh, that the, there's a clear emphasis here that so across the very bottom of music on an iPhone, the music app, um, it used to be like songs, artists, albums, playlists, you know, some kind of collection of all your stuff. And now the first buttons are for you, new, radio, and then their social network connect. And then the last button is my music. And buried in there is library and playlists. And then from there, you have recently added, and then you scroll down to see your actual stuff. And I don't know, like to me, this is a. I'm worried about Apple because this seems to be a part of their business where they can't let go of legacy and this is like something that windows and microsoft was just like everything is legacy we will maintain compatibility with Support everything it all
0: forever back to dos 1
1: well, which is why we still have businesses that haven't left xp but um and most of apple's been pretty nimble about like no we can cut we can just like be as quick as a startup we're going to kill an old app and do something better or disrupt ourselves except for iTunes and it seems like that's like maybe because it's tied up into such a business model and it's such a huge media enterprise that they feel like they can't they can't cut themselves into pieces or do things smaller or like I don't know why it seems like they should be able to to do better than this and I'm frustrated and I'm I'm kind of like are they are they going to be a slow horrible giant that has enough market power to continue to be terrible just like windows is allowed to be terrible because of their dominance in the 90s um i don't know you would
0: think apple of all companies that only makes money when you make a purchase because they don't use your data and all that so you would think they of all companies would want itunes to be the most like smooth ice slick buying experience where like You open iTunes and you're like, oh, all of a sudden there's all these things I want right in front of me and there's one click to buy. And, oh, my God, that was so simple. I just bought hundreds of dollars worth of music and movies and television shows. Like, why would they not want that? They certainly made it that easy to buy (laughs) apps. They certainly made it that easy to buy physical devices. Like. And the music their music business, and then their you know t v movie business predates all of those other things, so how has this fallen to the wayside
1: yeah well, and I even not that i, I didn't plan on this before, but apple t v is in sore need of disruptive attention too because uh we we have plenty of movies that we've purchased in iTunes, and uh, <laughs> that thing is so slow. And and buggy and and laggy, and I don't understand why it's so terrible. And, like, you know, for, like, three years now, the, the Apple faithful are like, well, they're going to, like, do an app store, and it's going to be like a real, uh, grow up into a real platform. But <laughs> nope. It has not happened. And, I, I mean, I've seen, like, at this point, Netflix is on literally anything that has a microchip. And uh, now even a, a new TV we recently got, um... Netflix is built into the TV and you know it's been 7 years since we bought a TV so it feels like a giant <laughs> upgrade. And getting in the Netflix and picking a movie is so damn fast on the TV that there's no reason to use any other device to use Netflix. And it's the same interface that it has on the PS4 and it looks like Netflix is doing some unification of their their interface. And like why would I go to the Apple TV and then use this either this terrible remote or wait for my phone app to get ready to control it. And uh, it's just like, come well, on. do you think
0: this is kind of a hallmark of the devices centric business model they have? Cause I mean, I know they make money off of apps and off of music and, and obviously, I mean, they're doing pretty darn well financially, but if you, if they can convince you to buy an iPhone, and they can convince you to stay on the iPhone, then they don't really have a lot of incentive to make like iTunes an awesome experience because it's like what the hell else are you going to use? You have an iPhone, you have to use iTunes. So, it's kind of, they're not really incentivized if they can make you stay around for other reasons to put the herculean engineering effort it would take into cleaning up that catastrophe.
1: I guess it just seems strange because it seems like they make very user centered decisions so often and pretty well for most of their stuff like the the iPhone and iPad have historically been very snappy very fast very concerned with battery life and yeah they they don't want to make a thicker device to have great battery life but that's that's Joni Ives fetish with thinness but uh it just seems like. Yeah, the iPhone itself is so snappy and like, you know, like switching between apps or going like, I can't complain at all about that until I'm inside the music app. And then I'm like, what the hell is going on here? And so I don't know if there's some siloing, if there's some, you know, Apple kind of prides itself being like the world's biggest startup and like, yeah, it's not that. There's these little fiefdoms, like Microsoft got in trouble a lot for like, well, the office team is super superstars, and they don't want to hear anything from anyone else, and they don't want any project that could disrupt them to come up through Microsoft, and same for the Windows team, and you know Apple's been good about like, oh well, you know OS 10 team, you're working on the iPhone now, and iPhone team now you're working on OS 10 because this is about the company's mission and not about you setting up your camp except iTunes. iTunes is this like impenetrable fortress of shit.
0: Yeah, it is. It's all very strange. But I mean, I think like I'm going to step back for a minute and I'm going to say they are a gigantic corporation with thousands of employees working on very large complicated projects and they do consistently ship new software, ship new hardware, and I'm not trying to be an apologist what I'm really trying to say is you can't you can only do so many things before some of them are obviously priorities and others are obviously not priorities and I think because they lock people into like Apple and the Apple mystique and iPhones and people want to have an iPhone to be cool and they want to have an Apple Watch cuz it's the newest thing that if it comes down to it and they're like people are still using itunes to buy music and movies people are still buying apps we're still making money no one has ever left the iphone because itunes is terrible like even back to when you had to sync with you know itunes on a computer like an animal so if you're <laughs> setting you know if you're tim cook and you're johnny ive and you're setting priorities For the entire company, it's like, well, everyone hates this, but it's never lost us a single dollar in sales. It's really and I mean, now it's like a caricature, like everyone's like, oh, well, I love my iPhone, but iTunes is terrible. Ha ha. It's like it's been so bad for so long that it's just a paper cut. Everyone has learned to live with.
1: Maybe. I just say like as someone who tends to default to a lot of Apple stuff, even though I don't do I don't use iCloud Mail or anything. I'm not that crazy. <laughs> um, this has like this interface is so frustrating that I'm actually like, well, maybe I will stick with Spotify and I'll forego any of the native iOS goodies that come with Apple Music because you know. I've heard Matt Duncan complain about Spotify's interface, but it's not as as confused as this one. The one other thing, and we can we can kill this topic, is uh, another uh, just a great microcosm of the confusion of this interface, is depending on where you are in the app, there's either a heart or a star. And these things aren't really explained to you in any way, and I don't think it's obvious what it's going to do when you tap. I mean, I, uh, if I see a heart, I think like, oh, I like this. And then maybe your mind goes to, maybe there all these things I like are going to show up somewhere. And, you know, like if I'm listening to a radio over time, I'm going to keep tapping that thing, and then later I'll be able to find those songs because I maybe I want to buy them for some reason or maybe I just want to listen to them again. And the heart goes into a black hole, and it, all it does is inform Apple Music that maybe it should suggest other things like this. And the star um is like a play more like this or never play this again like menu and i don't know why there's two different symbols i don't know why they show up at different times what the hell is happening <laughs> i
0: really i've never <laughs> wanted this to be an audio show more than or a video show more than just now because the face i made when you you said the way they behave and how they don't always even show up together at the same time i just like i think my eyebrows may have actually crossed onto opposite sides of my face because I furrowed them so hard. Like, I, I'm i trying... My iPad is updating right now because I want to see this train wreck of an interface.
1: Well, you'll have to do the three-month trial, but then you can cancel. And then, and,
0: and then I will cancel because the only temporary trial that I think in my entire life I have ever allowed to turn into a real membership was HBO Now. Yeah.
1: <laughs> The, the worst thing I can complain about Spotify is that on the Mac, it loves to flip over to auto opening at login. And I hate that. But that I can, like, comparatively, I can live well, with it. Well, and that. at least on the desktop,
0: um, you can just use the web
1: player and not even install the app. That's true. And I don't know. I, I think I've said enough. I think they have a lot of work to do, and I'm not optimistic that they're going to do that work. <laughs> Yeah, I
0: don't know. So, I mean, all of my my excuses were really levied at iTunes proper, and this is Apple Music. So, I mean, it's possible that they've kind of gotten full of themselves, and they're like, oh, people will put up with our god-awful user interface. And, you know, now because iTunes, it took years for it to become the overly complicated catastrophe that it is. So, you know, it was like slow the I know the frog boiling experiment is actually bullshit and that's not really how it happened, but the analogy holds up where, you know, over years and years we got used to iTunes being terrible and now it's like a bad joke. But Apple Music is new. Fresh out of the gate, it's terrible. So if you're used to Apple products working well and being slick and smooth and easy, and you open up Apple Music and it's this catastrophe, then you're kind of like, oh. Uh, no, you do not have permission to be terrible from moment zero.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So I'm, I mean, I already like I signed up for the free trial and like have it set to do a family plan at the end of the trial, but I'm already like, maybe I cancel that. Maybe I wait and see. (laughs) Yeah.
0: That, uh, that sounds like the correct decision to me. Although I do hope family sharing kind of becomes the norm across like the universe Like we have it set up, Susan and I have it set up on Amazon so that like I can see books she buys and she can see books I buy. And it's just, it's nice because then if I want to read a book she bought, I don't have to literally borrow her physical Kindle device, you know? And I'm perfectly happy with like, oh, while Mike is watching a movie that, you know, he bought, Shelby can't play that same movie on her iPad because then it would be akin to the universe collapsing. I don't know. Like... I'm I'm okay with it mimicking our physical device within the family sharing model. That's annoying, but I understand that it makes the publishers feel better. So I, I really hope this this family sharing thing takes off. Yeah. But it sounds like we both need to maybe relax a little. You know, may, maybe maybe <laughs> we need to attach some kind of weird L shaped device to our temple.
1: Alright, explain <laughs> this thing.
0: So I guess this is pronounced think it's T H Y N C. Um, for some reason, my brain is rearranging the letters and I keep reading it as the New York city. I just <laughs> I don't have a good explanation for that, but it is happening. And when I first found out about this, I was positive. This was fake. Like I was absolutely sure this was an April fool's joke. There's no way this was serious. And it turns out it's actually a real thing. So this thing, It it looks like a little uh, cyborg L shaped plate that you would like break off of a robot you're fighting in a video game. And you, (laughs) you slap this thing on your temple and then you press a button on an app on your smartphone and it changes the way you're feeling. So I would love to explain it more than that, but according to all the articles I was able to find, they're pretty tight lipped about how it actually works.
1: Uh, so and changes how you're feeling is two flavors the, the blue being the cool calm relaxed chill out and the red being the focused be motivated have energy
0: Yeah and I have to say, so let me just front load you on this um I actually personally have no problem with this like the idea of something that affects your mood is not a thing I have a problem with um right in their own press info like they say They kind of envision people using this the way they use caffeine now. So, like, you drink a cup of coffee in the morning so you feel, like, energized and ready to go. And then at night when you're trying to calm down, you would use, like, maybe chamomile tea or, or like, green tea and and kind of relax and unwind. And no one considers those to be, like, harmful, dangerous substances. That being said, uh, the moment something that affects you chemically or neuro wave signally, whatever voodoo they talk about how this thing works. Uh, (laughs) If it has any potential to become addictive, like dangerously addictive, that's a problem. That's where I draw the line. Like, I don't like this is why people you know because you and I are both based in Colorado and people are always like you know oh marijuana is legal in Colorado doesn't that like freak you out and I'm like no because people don't go on psychotic <laughs> nothing yeah, people changed. Don't go on like psychotic rampages because they can't get a hold of some some good weed like that's just not a thing that happens so I don't really care if people want to get stoned and watch the dude in uh, the Big Lebowski because that's not like harmful in any way. Now, on the other hand, uh, a drug like heroin does make people flip out and go crazy, which is why I'm not okay with heroin becoming legal. So it's like, as long as you don't flip out and go crazy, I kind of don't care what you do to yourself. So the idea of like an electronic, I mean, this is external, but eventually we'll have implants where you can like push a button and it affects your mood like that, that. doesn't really freak me out that much. Like I'm actually pretty okay with this as a concept would you Could you imagine yourself using something like this,
1: yeah, maybe I mean a few worrisome things on their product page 're not worrisome, but just notes at the very bottom um they they talk about how they've they 've kind of opted out of this being a medical thing they 've said this is a lifestyle product, and the fDA therefore isn 't going to regulate it because they're like, hey hey we 're not playing that medicine game. this is not intended to be used for treatment of anything in any official way. It's not for a certain condition. Um so that's like a that almost puts it in like a GNC, like weird vitamin category of like weird, mystical, alternative nonsense. Um it's also really like puffy chest about how this science, 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 all the things all over this website. But there's no links to any proof on that. Um I I mean I didn't dive deep into their their site, But there's nothing front-loaded about how science-y all the science is. And so that's a little like they're using that word. Do they know what it means? <laughs> and um, the biggest problem I have is at the bottom of the front page of the site is centered paragraphs. And I, I just, they lost everything. Yeah, you're clearly
0: that. focusing on the right thing here.
1: No, I mean, the concept sounds amazing. I, I would love for the sci-fi reality to be here. I would use a product like this, though. It kind of has all these screenshots are trying to make it look like sexy space-age white. And uh, I have to say that uh, it seems like a lot of wearable companies are like, just wear this stupid thing and your life will be better, we swear.
0: <laughs> that is one hell of a tagline you got there.
1: but. I totally get your skepticism, though, because it really does look like a fake marketing page for an upcoming Ridley Scott movie of some kind. Yeah, it does. It looks like so
0: sci-fi, like, just oh, just attach this thing to your head, and it's all white, and it's got a little LED stripe in the middle that's very thin, and the the woman's got kind of like a vapid look (laughs) on her face as she's just staring off into seemingly nothingness. Like, it's really fake-seeming. You know, I didn't <laughs> yeah. even look at the price. $300? <laughs> yep.
1: Shit. Also, conveniently, they're pursuing a razor and blades model. 300 bucks, and then you have to buy these, like, replaceable strips to keep getting your fix. Ooh. Yeah. So is there still a drug involved? Why? Why are these things you have to buy? If it's just pure neuroscience waves emanating from this thing. If you, I mean if you have to buy something that like decays or runs out, then is it really just injecting caffeine and then yeah. <laughs> kind of like tranquilizing well, and into? is this
0: uh is it the adhesive maybe no, it says ten calm strips, ten energy strips what?
1: That's when it goes full into alternative medicine fake land to me is like well, what
0: um, before you even get there that's when it goes full into what the hell does the app do like if i have to put on a specific strip <laughs> then is the strip doing the fucking work
1: <laughs> i think it's just m- like smoke and mirrors cuz for placebo effect of <laughs> like well the app says it's cool yeah i don't
0: (laughs) know so i mean this specific product seems like the newton of implant technology but i feel like this kind of thing is coming you know like we're not always going to wear uh devices over our eyes or things we hold in front of our eyes eventually it will just be projected into what our brain perceives as our field of vision right like that's are we not probably going in that direction (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah and, i mean
0: this kind of thing is gonna presumably happen like
1: this but why would you want something like on your forehead i mean presumably that's because it, like physiologically that was the only way to inject the neuro waves <laughs> where they need to go but like <laughs> wouldn't you so rather funny. have <laughs> like i don't know like something that you can slip under your clothes, like an arm sleeve, or you know, like a nicorette, like goes where you can cover it with a sleeve because <laughs> no one wants to show that they've got a, a nicotine patch.
0: Well, this is you know, the alpha eist of alpha, alpha, alpha ness. Like, uh, let's pretend for a minute that this actually works. Like, this is the first device of its kind that I've ever heard of that actually works, and that's assuming that it actually works. Because, I mean, there's all kinds of like remove toxins from your body with this, you know, hat you (laughs) wear, you know, get energy from the universe by putting yourself in this tub of bacon fat. Like there's all kinds of crazy nonsense that is is so easily disproven. But with this, because they're avoiding like FAA stuff or not FAA, um, FDA stuff and also probably they're avoiding FAA stuff. I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> like there's a lot of interesting questions, but I think as as like a, as a product market, this idea of like I'm OK with this idea of technology that impacts my brain, physiology and psychology the same way I would with chemicals, because I'm already comfortable doing it with chemicals. I drank coffee this morning. When we get off the recording, I'm going to go have a cup of tea like these are things I'm comfortable doing.
1: Yeah. Again, the category doesn't concern me. Uh, that part of me is like, cool. Bring on the sci-fi future. I'm excited about it. But there's just too many like red flags on this website. Mainly centered <laughs> paragraphs.
0: It's so this this is now. Whenever I see a website with centered paragraphs, I'm just going to be like, oh, I can't even show this to Mike. I can't even <laughs> get his opinion on it. So, I kind of want to talk about this. Why Grandma's sad? Thing, but i'm gonna mention uh I want to talk about a, these two other things quickly, and then i then I think yeah, there's yeah. this an interesting subject to be had here in in why grandma said so um Chicago is apparently gonna levy a cloud tax um which first and foremost uh, apparently a lot of people still use the cloud to butt Chrome extension, so the way I found <laughs> out about this story was. Uh, A guy tweeted, um, Chicago to levy butt tax. (laughs) Knowing full well that people would click on that link just out of sheer, like, wait, what? And uh, the the immediate link, this Pitchfork website, I never heard of this before, but the website looks a little sketchy. There's a lot of ads and crap. Um, But they sourced uh, a Chicago Sun-Times website. And and, I mean, this is legit. They have re considered the this law um and extended it it's it's an entertainment law so they wait, wait
1: I, can, I couldn't tell if you were joking you you're saying pitchfork was suspicious to you yeah it
0: is I, i'm not familiar with this this property
1: okay it's actually a really super popular hipster music oh is site. it that's why, I mean, I, I your tone was very genuine <laughs> and sincere. Like, I don't know if this is a real site. Oh, no, I just, because there's
0: like a crap ton of ads. And then at the bottom, there's a lot of like news from around the web kind of garbage. <laughs> so, yeah,
1: unfortunately, this is a legit yeah, site. No,
0: I mean, this is an unusual website design. I just, that, like the subject matter was weird enough that I was like, uh. but okay, sorry, Patricio. Pitchfork anyway carry bins. forth i just had to. <laughs> but so chicago i get and this is not that uncommon i guess to have an entertainment tax like this this goes back a very very long time this idea of taxing leisure and uh chicagoans have decided to extend this to include um not just like a physical movie theater but also streaming services because Those are basically serving the same function, so why wouldn't you... Because because money. money. But I mean, the logic is sound if and only if you consider that we must make things now to be as similar to the way things were as possible. And that's where this breaks (laughs) down for me is because they're trying to take this older law that probably had rationale around it regarding physical businesses and apply it to these web-based businesses. And I feel like those those links are always very tenuous.
1: Yeah. Like, am I going to get a wood tax? Cause the, the book app I use on my iPad has skeuomorphic wood as it's. Texture? Well, you are now
0: you've just given someone <laughs> that excellent way to tax you. And the uh, reason this kind of stuff frustrates me from like a political standpoint is I'm actually a big fan of taxes. Like I enjoy the things that taxes pay for. So please keep paving roads and building hospitals and paying firefighters. Like I'm okay with all of that. What I don't like is the shoehorning of old rules and old business models into new, the new world. Like things are different. So write new laws that apply to the way things are now. Don't just try and weirdly contort very old laws to apply to these very new things. Like, this is a, a concept that I think is really dangerous in America. Is like we we don't like to scrap what we had and try something new. We try and like shove that square peg into that round hole. God damn it. Like it's going to fit.
1: <laughs> well, it seems like a human tendency because actually when I think about America in relation to a lot of like European nations, I'm like, oh, they care about tradition way more <laughs> than America did. Like a, kind of our founding of our nation was like, Screw family name traditions. Let's go reinvent who we are. And I know that's like a wide, uh, kind of a dramatic leap. I don't. We don't have to talk about nations and history. But um, but even so, as revolutionary as we like to think of ourselves in America, yeah, we love tradition.
0: I mean, you're probably right. It probably is just kind of a general human tendency, but
1: uh, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I if this proves successful, I expect a lot of other municipalities to be like, ah, money hose, new money hose, find the new money yeah. hose. Yeah.
0: And the thing is with taxes, my general rule in what little I care about politics is I don't have a problem with being taxed. I have a problem with what taxes are spent on. So if Chicago collects this leisure tax and then they're like, "Hey, you know what a lot of people use Netflix. You know what else a lot of people need? Firefighters. We're going to use this money to like fix our crumbling infrastructure." Like that I'm pretty cool with because it's kind of like yeah. yeah, we need to get this money from somewhere. Just like the you know the gas tax is what pays to pave roads or it's part of what pays to pave roads. So a lot of people are like, "Oh, If you get, if you drive an electric car and you're not buying any gas, then technically you're not paying to drive on the road. And I'm like, okay, then we just need to find another way to fund the roads. We can't just not roads. Like we still need roads to exist.
1: But imagine that taxes on Netflix would go to prop up like say Time Warner or Comcast. Right, And and that is where um, I'm
0: like, now taxes are bad because they're paying for the wrong thing. (laughs) this is why whenever i i mean we definitely don't have to have this discussion but whenever i get into a deep argument with someone who's like super neocon it's okay to spend money on unlimited money on defense i'm like you know that still counts as big government right like if you have a 30 (laughs) gajillion dollar military industrial complex you still are spending 30 gajillion dollars i just want to spend 30 gajillion dollars on like education and healthcare, but i'm apparently the crazy idiot but anyway, I just we, any Republican listeners we have, I may have just pissed off. I still love you guys. We can still have a, a smart conversation. <laughs> I just disagree with the military-industrial complex. <laughs> and uh, I want to talk about... The other thing I want to talk about before we talk about Sad Grandma is uh, Microsoft. So there's a rumor, and this is like the rumoriest of, of rumors. There's no substantiation for this outside of what people think should happen. But... There have been a couple conspiracy theory statements from, from Satya Nadella about tough choices and having to, you know, reconfigure priorities and this kind of thing. And so now some people are starting to think, what if Microsoft abandoned Windows Phone and just made their apps for Android? Tell me why this is an awesome idea and this is what they should do. Go. <laughs>
1: um. It may be their only option, but I don't think it's the option they would prefer. (laughs) Um, To be honest, forking Android is, I mean, I I guess there's different ways adopting Android could mean. Like what you said sounded more like just make your apps for Android and be done with it and stop trying to make a platform. Is that what you're suggesting? That is exactly
0: what I'm suggesting.
1: Okay, there's that. There's just be a third party, just be an, like Adobe or, you know, one of these other companies. Just be the best at Office software and give up on owning the OS. And maybe that would work. Um, But part of me just thinks of, and not that I'm like extending this metaphor as a one-for-one kind of thing, but like Sega and after the Dreamcast are like, we'll just be a third-party company. And they have sucked so bad ever since then. Um,
0: (laughs) You're not wrong.
1: um, I mean, part of Microsoft's pedigree has always also been their, their developer support, which is by all accounts is still as phenomenal as it's always been in terms of you know, building tools, building APIs, kind of hooking developers up with what they need to do what they want. And I'm not enough of an expert to know how that compares to the other companies now, but by all accounts, they're still really great at that. And uh, I, I don't see them giving up on the Windows game, even with all this talk. Um, uh, it's just like I, when you become just another developer in the ecosystem and not, not a platform owner... You just give up so much power. And so I feel like they would only do that if they felt like it was their only chance for relevance. And maybe it is. I don't know. What did you make? I
0: definitely don't think they should give up on Windows for desktop or Windows for servers. Like Those things they're doing fine with, they can keep beating that horse. Um, What I do think is that we need competition on mobile, just like we do on in every other market. But if you take away the googly stuff from Android, what you really have is a really solid Unix-based platform underneath that is all free open-source software, totally out there. Nobody really owns it. And I'm not saying they should fork Android, but they could take you know, pure Android with no Google services and then build out Microsoft services on top, which they're already doing, and save themselves the trouble of reinventing the universe. Like, they can just bake apple pie.
1: But explain to me how this solves their actual problem, which is people don't use their devices on mobile.
0: Because anything that they would build on top of core Android... Could be installed presumably on any Android phone. So now you would be able to say, hey, we took our thousand developers and the 500 of them that were working on just making the OS work, now they're all working on making our services like absolutely world class, top tier. So
1: that's a little mythical man month thing, though. Can throwing more people really? I'm not. Thi-
0: I'm thinking of it as like focusing of efforts. Because if you have people who are like really passionate about mobile and making these services work for mobile, but some of them, it's like, oh, well, you have to make sure that the this video driver works at this ultra low level. It's like, no free up that guy to work on a non solved problem. You know, something that like serves your business, getting the video driver to work only serves your business because you're insisting on owning the platform. I mean, I, I respect that. I am vastly oversimplifying this, but I like, I could honestly see this as fitting in with their current devices and services kind of, Nah, really more services, you know, because I don't, nobody buys a Windows computer, you buy a Dell or an HP or a Lenovo or whatever, and it has Windows on it. And I think even the average person who doesn't really care a lot about technology still recognizes that Windows is the software and Lenovo made the hardware. Like, they understand that those things are separate and are already comfortable with that relationship. The only place we really insist that those things not be divided are with Apple products. It's like, no, Apple software, Apple hardware.
1: And game consoles.
0: Well, Nintendo. I mean, on PlayStation, I don't care who (laughs) made my game, as long as the game is good. On Nintendo, the only people who make good Nintendo games is Nintendo. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I I mean I could definitely see the argument for mobile just because Microsoft has just failed so hard at mobile, and they're they're they can't buy success. Um, they they can't get developers to care. Like I think even like Facebook and Instagram and Twitter are relatively neglected, and you'd think they would at least sort of extend the little tip of the hat. Windows Mobile, and they're like, meh.
0: Twitter can't even get its own developer house in order.
1: And then (laughs) I have to
0: say part of my selfish reason for wanting it to go this direction is I really love Android and Microsoft has really talented developers and engineers, and even though they kind of stumble when they're trying to bring something to market, I would love to have some of those really smart people also contributing to this deep underlying unix platform and you know because some of that would flow back upstream to core android and then i would still benefit from that so you know this is kind of like you may prefer fedora over um ubuntu or Gentoo or whatever but underneath they're kind of all the same core system you know like see
1: well, I think if they if they go the forking route, I don't think that really gets them out of the the building a platform focus because they still have a lot to implement that Google wraps into Google Play services. They'd have to still roll their own sync API and, and all sorts of um, other things. They basically need to duplicate, which Amazon is kind of half-assed because it's probably really hard to do. Um And so it's like either they're going to make official Google Play Android devices or they're still basically going to be, I mean, not an entire OS, but they're still going to have to have an OS team pretty dedicated to maintaining stuff.
0: Yeah. And honestly, I don't know which one of those would be better for the company. Would it be better for them to come all the way up to the app level and just say, you know what, we're done. We're not going to reinvent anything. We're just going to build apps and services that hook into Android and they're awesome, and when we have to rely on Google Play services, we will, whatever. Or should they go the level below that and go like the Amazon Fire route? I mean, it's there. Those yeah. three steps, you know, owning the entire thing like they do now, going the forking route, and then going all the way up to the app level. Like, there's a lot of space in between each of those steps, but you really there's <laughs> like there's no land. You know, it's a lot of just open water. So you can't really touch down somewhere between owning the OS and forking someone else's OS. Like you're kind of, you have to go to one of those stop points.
1: It'll be interesting to see what they do. I, 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 their whole thing of like, we built little mini compilers that will convert your windows code into Android code. Um, all that stuff seems insane. And we talked about that like a month or two ago, but I wonder how that relates to this this stuff.
0: Yeah, I don't. I mean, that could be them just hedging their bets. That could be them trying to get attention in the media. Maybe it's not that hard. So they were like, "Oh, we'll just do this to get attention, and then that'll bring some people over if they're interested in what we're doing." It's.
1: But if you were a developer, would you trust this little middleware? No, number one to keep up. <laughs> Like, would you build, like, if you ran your business uh, as an app, like, economy, would you build your house on this sand? I no, would not.
0: especially if I'm, like, a little indie developer where it's, like, me or just a couple of people, you know, working out of a garage kind of thing. Like, that's, yeah, that's really tenuous to take a gamble on. And then on the flip side, if you're a huge organization like Twitter, are you going to do the half-assed transpile solution no if you're going to do a windows phone app you're going to like actually build a windows phone app i presume
1: (laughs) all right should we talk about grandma
0: grandma because this article has a delightfully clickbait title why grandma's sad
1: yeah and uh i like this article or at least the the part i skimmed (laughs) that we're going to talk about um so this article is kind of a, a new take or a different take on kind of a frustrating meme in journalists talking about tech and culture. And one of the memes that I'm sick of is all this new technology is ruining our kids. They're staring at screens too much. And uh, this this article directly calls out one of those um, recently. From the New so, York Times. Um, yeah, from the New York Times about how, you know, these kids are staring at screens, they're playing games, they never unplug, they're not here, they're not present. And uh, this article actually pulls back to say, okay, I'm not going to make that stupid claim, um, but instead I have something a little more, um, You know, if you accept that, no, this is just the future and these devices aren't ruining people, they're new and creative ways to engage with others and to engage with media and to be interactive, um, even if you agree with that, Um, there still could be a a troubling intergenerational thing to contend with. So I have a quote right here I think that'll set up our conversation well. And so here it is. The grandparent who is persuaded that screens are not destroying human interaction, but are instead new tools for enabling fresh and flawed new modes of human interaction, is left facing a grimmer reality. Your grandchildren don't look up from their phones because the experiences... Uh, the experiences and friendships they enjoy there seem more interesting than what's in front of them. You. Those experiences from the outside seem insultingly lame. Text notifications, emojis, selfies, and of other bratty little kids you've never met, but they're urgent and real. What's different is that they're also right here. Always. Even when you thought you had an intentional claim. The moments of social captivity that gave parents power or that gave grandparents precious access are now compromised. The TV doesn't turn off. The friends never go home. The grandkids can do the things they really want to, do be, want to be doing whenever they want, even while sitting five feet away from grandma, alone in a moving soundproof pod. So
0: I really like this article, and I actually did read the whole thing, You Jerk. Uh, <laughs> um I really like this article because it it is acknowledging like hey stop saying all people over 30 think technology is evil that's dumb and lame and and really not a good argument and I like that they're focusing on maybe people just don't want to be ignored by this technology and and it's difficult for you know a generation or two generations back to rationalize this that being said I don't think it's unreasonable to follow this to the next logical conclusion, which is tell the kid to put the damn thing down. And the reason that that bugs me is if this were anything else, if it was a video game, if it was a book, if it was a puzzle, if it was a letter or a drawing or a coloring book or any other toy or thing, it would be totally common to just say like you know hey little billy stop doing that thing you're doing and pay attention to your grandmother while they're visiting like that would be a completely obvious solution to that problem but there's this idea like oh they have a mobile device i can't take that away from them it's not like it's not the 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 titan formula that keeps bane alive like you can take it away from them (laughs) for 5 minutes and they will continue to function. They may kick and scream, but you know what? If you take any toy away from a kid, they may kick and scream. Raise a better kid. Like that's I I don't <laughs> I don't feel like this idea of you've ceded control of your child to this external source, regardless of how old the child is or what thing you've ceded control to is a reasonable complaint. Like if your kid is doing a thing you don't want them to be doing and you feel powerless to stop them, it is, I don't understand how it's the thing's fault.
1: And it seems like this cultural norming is happening. Cause like if I'm sitting in an important meeting with a client and I'm just staring at my phone like that immediately sends a message and they're like, what the hell? Like, w- can we do this now? And I think in all of our social interactions that's becoming clearer and clearer. You're eating dinner with a friend and they're staring at the phone, you're like, dude, can we like have dinner? And like it has nothing to do with um how old my friend is. It's just like, hey, let's be here for a bit.
0: Yeah. And I mean that's there's you know, with restaurants, have you heard of the the phone stack? Yeah, so yeah. Like a bunch of friends go out. Everybody has to stack their smartphone. The first person who has to reach for it is the one who has to cover dinner that, that night. And I mean, these are like little silly gimmicks and they seem stupid. It's like, oh.
1: Yeah, are we going to stack our watches and our Think <laughs> Temple wearables? Everybody
0: pull the Think <laughs> out of your spinal column and
1: pull the New York City <laughs> off your face.
0: But I mean, this, the thing is, like, if you just remove, like say you go to dinner with a friend, and they're they're reading on their phone the whole time. You would have you like you literally you Mike. You would have no problem being like, hey, put your damn phone down. We're trying to like have a, a meal here. But these a lot of these people in in these articles act like, oh well, if they were reading a book, I guess I could ask them to stop reading the book. But I'm afraid to ask them to put their mobile down because that might enrage them and then they'll turn into the Hulk and beat me to death. Like I don't I don't understand (laughs) what the difference is. Like if you're trying to interact with someone and they're ignoring you for any other thing, I don't understand. Like the only evaluation that I would have to do is is the thing they're ignoring me for more important? Like Say you and I are in the car and you're driving and I'm trying to tell you a story and I realize you're not listening and it's because you noticed an accident and you're trying to not crash into the back of a car that just slammed on their brakes. Like, I'm not going to (laughs) be mad at you for ignoring me because that thing was more important. But if you're ignoring me because you're just like glued to Facebook, it's not because Facebook is this dangerous addiction or because mobile devices have hooked into your brain. It's because you're a schmuck. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm, I like this article. I'm glad you shared this with me because I really think they have taken a step in the right direction of saying, like, yeah, these devices are not magical, addictive devices that old people don't understand. It's just that people don't like to be ignored and that makes them feel bad when they're ignored. But I want them to go the next step and say, so maybe t- don't put up with people ignoring you. Like, maybe. Have some agency and voice your feelings and opinions.
1: Well, I I do think people voice their opinions constantly on this matter because I, mean, I haven't been to in an intergenerational conference, which is all of them, where I haven't heard someone go, "Oh man, people glued to their oh, devices." No, no. Huh? Wah, wah, no wah. I mean,
0: in the moment, <laughs> like if you, I mean, let's take the analogy from this article. If you're the grandma and your grandchild is ignoring you for their mobile device, just ask yourself, if they were reading a book or if they were uh, you know, watching a television show, would I tell them to stop and pay attention to me? And if the answer is yes, then there's no reason to not tell them to put down their phone or their 3DS or whatever their mobile device they're using and tell them to pay attention to you. If the answer is no, then you have to accept the fact that you're willing to sit there and be ignored. I mean like I'm yeah. I watch a lot of T V as a kid. I played a lot of video games. Like I going, you know, back to when these were new things, like I was deep into this stuff. But every night I knew, you know, it's it's five o'clock, I turn off the game, I turn off the TV, I went. We literally sat at the table and waited for my father to get home. And then he came in, he sat down, we had dinner and like that was family dinner time. We didn't watch television, even though there was a TV within eyeshot of the the kitchen table, because the way my house was laid out, we absolutely could have sat there and watched movies like Marty McFly style. Like we can roll the TV into the, <laughs> the dining room now. Like we could have done that, but we didn't because it was important to my parents that we had like family dinner time. And that has extended now that I'm an adult and I have a family, like every night we sit down, we have family dinner time. Like, because it's just, it's like a balance.
1: Because you love tradition. I, because I love no, I'm tradition. Just but I
0: feel like it's <laughs> all devices is bad and all like only dealing with real people and it, completely ignoring technology is bad. Like, can't we just strike a damn balance? Like,
1: well, then you're reminding me of the the picture I saw today on Twitter, which was like why I'm excited about like wearables, even though they're confusing and seem overpriced, and like only first adopters are grabbing them now. But like the the picture I saw was a graph of like the way interactions happen and how wearables give you back the present focus, or you know, like interrupt you far less. Are less dangerous for being sucked into if you buy into this rhetoric of Facebook as an you know an impenetrable vortex of attention sucking um, and that 's like the ebb and flow of like, yeah, we first had these pocket computers, and they were so useful that we kind of started being dicks to people in real life, and then this evolved, and eventually we had it was easier not to be a dick. <laughs>
0: That's, I'm glad that's the direction we're evolving in, and and I will say because <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think we've we've either of us have said this, it is true that services like Facebook and Twitter knowingly tap into a very uh, primal part of our brain that like wants new things and wants to like always see the next new thing and and we get an endorphin rush because new things are rewarded and and these services are designed almost like Skinner boxes to be addictive and and to just drag all that out on you. Like I I get that, but I still feel like we've had um, people who are big into books. We've had people who are addicted to like the news and, and news stories. And I don't think we've ever had a hard time telling those people like, you know, Hey, don't read the newspaper at the table. Uh, honey, don't, um, you know, play Game Boy while we're driving to church. Don't, you know, like, th- these kinds of family, like, pay attention to the people around you issues are, are very, very old. Like, we've been dealing with this for yeah. decades, if not hundreds of years, and I don't see why, just because we have a new thing that's shinier and and does have some more uh, options to be attractive and, and enticing, that the solution is any different. Like, you just ask the person or or tell your child, like, hey, we're not doing that now. Like, put that away. We're doing this other thing now. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know. Like, I have, you know, an 18-month-old or a 22 – I don't know. She's some amount of months old. I think she's 22 months.
1: You know, so maybe (laughs) –
0: She's 36 36 years years old. old. Maybe (laughs) in a few years when she's gotten her hands on devices, I'll just be like, oh, my God, I can't make her put it down, and I'll totally eat my words, and I'll be like – I wish I had been able to empathize with those parents that had these bastard children who won't put down their damn iPhones. But, <laughs> but right now, like from the, the angle I'm at, like if I'm in a meeting with someone and they're obviously just checking email while I'm trying to talk to them, I have no problem saying you need to stop, like close your laptop. I'm trying to talk to you or just being like, Oh, what you're doing is more important. Well, I'm going to go. Cause I also have important things to do. You come back to me when you're done with email.
1: Yeah. And not like in a passive, like snotty, passive aggressive way, but just like, no, honestly, we Yeah, can no, do this very later.
0: direct. Like, Hey, I, I have time on my schedule. I'll, I'll open up later, but do what you need to do and then come to me when you're available. Cause I have other things I could be doing. And that's, I don't know, maybe I don't have a problem with this stuff because I'm already like a really forthright speaks my mind kind of jackass. Like, all the time, so maybe that's why I haven't run into a lot of these. Like, oh, okay, I'll just sit here quietly while you play Candy Crush. That's fine. It's just not a that's not a lifestyle problem I've really had to deal with. So everybody else, here's your lesson: yeah. be a bigger, louder asshole, and tell people to put their phones down or their their eye devices or their Apple Eye Smartwatch. <laughs>
1: That's the David Lyons way of saying it. <laughs> I think <laughs> just be straightforward and say what you yeah, think.
0: That, that probably sounds a little bit better. That's a little more corporate poster. Mine was a little more like graffiti in an alleyway. <laughs> All right, I think I think I'm going to wrap right. this up. So, episode 74. I'm excited. We're coming dangerously close to triple digits. But if you want to find the show notes for this episode, you can find them at sunriserobotnet slash flipping tables slash 74 and Mike and I, we both love feedback. We're both on Twitter all the time. We can't stop that addictive Twitter goodness. Always refreshing, pull to refresh, find new tweets. And uh, you can find me at Lines in Beta. You can
1: find Mike at M Edwards Music.
0: One day, one day soon, maybe before hundred episodes. Wouldn't that be a lovely gift? And uh, if you like the show, if you made it all the way to the end here, you should probably go ahead and subscribe. Uh, You could listen in the web. Web audio is very cool, hip, modern HTML5 technology, but it requires you to think and remember and click buttons, and that's no fun. It's so much easier to just have flipping tables come and be delivered to you every week on the dot magically to your your mobile device that you can't stop pressing and fondling and, and using all the time. So you can subscribe either in iTunes where you could also leave us a rating, a review. We love those. We always read all those because those are, are great feedback. Or uh, you can go on to Pocket Casts or uh, what do you still use in Overcast, right, Mike? Yep. And just search for Flipping Tables and we'll just pop right up and press that subscribe button and never miss an episode again. And then uh, if you want to support us a little bit more directly than ratings and reviews, we actually do have a Patreon check that out at patreon.com slash sunrise robot and if you are a super mega addict i can't put my phone down level supporter then you might actually get your name mentioned at the end of an episode so we want to thank bruce edwards matt mariner sean byrne and andreas longa we love you guys you help us keep the lights on along with all of our other great supporters we could not do it without you
1: i heart and star you guys
0: (laughs) so whichever one does whichever you get both that's good. I think we'll see you guys next week.